In my podcast episodes, I talk about journaling a lot, and that's because I enjoy journaling. I find it very therapeutic. It's such an integral part of my life that, as you can see, even in this podcast intro, I say, grab your journal, settle into your favorite spot as you prepare to listen. I was reflecting on this, and I know that not all of you may journal, and for those of you who do not, it may be for different reasons. It could be that you don't like journaling, or you don't know how, you've tried in the past, you've not stuck with it. I really can't assume what the reasons are, so I thought I would do an episode on what it means to journal the different ways you can do it, and I will share what my current journaling practice looks like. Hey, sister friend, welcome to the Shades of Trauma Healing podcast. I'm Jenny L. Taylor, a trauma coach, trauma thriver, and daughter of God, living loved. This space is for you, sisters, who want to begin healing and living fully, but the effects of childhood trauma keeps you stuck, scared, and unfulfilled. I'm so glad you're here. In this podcast, you'll receive trauma education, practical strategies, biblical applications, and motivational tips to support your trauma healing journey. So grab your journal, settle into your favorite spot, and let's get started. Ever since I could remember, I would write down my thoughts and feelings, and when I was little, I called it a diary. I love to decorate my diary and add stickers to make it look pretty, and of course, I had to have a very good place to hide it from my brothers and their curious eyes. In reality, they probably didn't even care what was going through the mind of an 11-year-old girl, but to me, that was private, so it had to be protected. And as I grew older in my teenage years, as my thoughts matured, I continued to write things down using code because, well, that's just what you had to do because you wanted to stay as private as you could. Today, I still write in my journal because that's what grown folks call it. And I'm not as concerned about having a place to hide it or writing in code because I've become more comfortable with being authentic, writing out what is real and true because I know the benefits of journaling in an authentic way. When it comes to dealing with the effects of trauma, such as anxiety, depression, fear, triggers, and so on, journaling is very beneficial. For one thing, journaling gives you the opportunity to process your emotions and learn more about yourself. When we stay in the thinking zone with thoughts rolling through our heads, it's like being in an echo chamber and the frontal lobe where thinking takes place, it gets a good workout. There are other parts of the brain though that must work together to help process the trauma. Journaling engages four areas of the brain, namely the frontal, parietal, temporal, and occipital lobes. Don't worry, I'm not going to get super scientific here. I will just touch on these areas as it relates to journaling. 
So starting with the frontal lobe, this handles the thinking function. So when we have an experience and we replay it over and over in our minds, we may come to a resolution or solve the problem after a while. But by engaging other parts of the brain through different activities, the entire brain can work together to bring about a more holistic or even a quicker resolution. The frontal lobe is engaged in thinking about issues and circumstances. We've established that. The process of writing out the thoughts accesses the parietal lobe. And this lobe covers activities like reading, writing, academics, and visual perception. When we engage in writing, we can provide a different perspective than just thinking about something. Studies show that journaling is known to reduce depression and anxiety because when the thoughts are bottled up and not expressed, it affects how we feel, which then influences how we act. And if the thoughts and action leads to feelings of fear or hopelessness, this tends to increase anxiety or depressive symptoms. I don't know about you, but when I have a big decision to make, keeping it in my head is a recipe for overwhelm. I think about the same things over and over again, and it feels like I'm just going around in circles. The moment I write things down though, or if I take time to write down the steps, what I need to consider, then I can step back and I can look at the whole picture from a distance and then I get a different perspective. The other benefit for me is that when everything is on paper, I don't have to keep using precious brain space to keep track of everything because I know if I want to look at all the different moving parts, I can simply go to my paper and reflect on what I've written down. So that frees up the processing energy for the actual decision making. Journaling is great for processing emotions. Say, for example, someone made a mistake at work that they were not proud of and it led to constant replaying of the incident in their mind. They would think about what they did, what they could have done differently, or how other people may have viewed them. This could lead to a shame spiral that affects how they feel and even how they show up for work the next day or even at home with their family. However, when someone takes the time to journal about their experience, it can help them to take a different perspective by writing down what they felt. They may come to realize and accept that they are in fact human and one mistake does not define all of who they are. The process of writing usually slows down the thinking and it avoids overgeneralizations and over-rationalizations which tends to keep the mind from getting sucked into that rabbit hole of doom and gloom thinking. Accessing feelings is done through the temporal lobe. And in this example, we are using our frontal lobe to think about the situation. When we write about what we are thinking, we're engaging the parietal lobe. And when we think and write about our feelings, a third part of the brain is engaged in the process. The last lobe, the occipital lobe, allows you to recognize and process what you are reading as you journal. When done in combination, journaling about your thoughts and feelings engages these four areas of the brain to help reduce symptoms of stress, anxiety, and depression. 
Journaling also creates the opportunity to sit and be still. Stillness is a valued commodity in today's world. When the brain is always on the go, from the moment we wake up till we go to bed, and even then when it's time to sleep, the brain just keeps going. When it's time to sleep, that's when the brain begins to process all the things we didn't give it time to think about during the day. And this is when people say, and you probably would have also experienced that your brain just can't shut off at bedtime. When you take time during the day to sit still with your thoughts and your feelings through journaling, the thoughts and the feelings are expressed, they're processed, they're released. And this reduces stress, helps you deal with trigger responses, brings about self-awareness, and the anxiety and overwhelm will diminish. Am I making a good case for journaling so far? I sure hope so, but let's keep going. If you are new to journaling and you are probably interested in doing it and want to get an idea of how to start, let me give you some tips. First things first, know that there are no hard and fast rules about journaling. This is your process, so you can make it whatever you want it to be. There are some people who use apps to type their notes, for example. Personally, I prefer good old pen and paper because the process of writing engages the brain differently than typing. To get started, you choose what you want to use. Do you want to use a journal book? Do you want to use a journaling app? Totally up to you. I use a spiral-bound hardcover notebook. You know, those pretty ones with colors on the front and inspirational quotes? I get this from my local dollar store. So it's nothing fancy or super, I mean, you can go as fancy as you want. But for me, I just like these spiral-bound notes with the inspirations on the cover. If you want to choose an app, you can go to your preferred app store and find the one that suits you. There are gratitude journals, there are daily journals. You decide which one would help you get into the practice even more. The second point is you got to set aside the time to journal and choose a manageable time, a doable time of the day that you are likely to commit to this and start off small. I'm a firm believer in starting small with any new practice. So starting small could look like 10 to 15 minutes. And because it is new, you want to take this time to slowly integrate this practice into your schedule. You can choose the number of times for the week that you would likely to do it so that it is again doable, inviting, and manageable. So for example, instead of going from zero days to seven days of journaling, you could try starting with three days a week for the first month, then you can add a fourth day in the next month and so on. Like I said, this is your experience. So you can add and take away as many days or minutes as you feel comfortable with. The third step is to focus on what you want to write about. Write whatever comes to mind for you. I usually tell clients, don't try to force anything at this point. Just focus and write what is coming up for you. Some people don't journal because they find it challenging to think about what to say. 
And in that case, I'll give you an example of what I used to do when I was stumped about what to think about or write about. There were days when I just didn't know what to say. Granted, they were few and far between because, yeah, I like to talk and I like to write. But when those days did come up, my first priority was to maintain the practice. I didn't want to have a, a time where I didn't do it because that would just break the pattern or the habit that I was trying to develop. So on those days, when I wanted to journal but didn't know what to say, I would start off something like this. It is time to journal and I have no idea what I want to write about today. All I know is that I want to keep the practice going. So I am here, I am seated in my bed, it's nice and cozy in my room and I'm going to start the day soon. Usually by the time I get this written down, other thoughts begin to flow and before I know it, I've journaled the whole page. Other options would to be write words of a song. It could be your favorite song, a song that is on your mind that day, or even a scripture that you were thinking about just to get you started. And for my artistic sister friends, begin by drawing what is on your heart. Doodling, that's a great way to get the thoughts flowing. You can also use journal prompts to help you get started. A quick online search can give you a list of prompts, but I will put one resource in the show notes that would be journaling prompts to help you get started if you would like to use prompts. The final step is one that is optional, but I highly recommend it. And this is to list at least three things that you are thankful for or hopeful for. And I do this personally because On days where it's heavy, emotionally heavy or challenging, it's really easy to focus on the negative areas of life. But taking time for gratitude trains my brain to look for the positive and it also allows me to hold space for both the good and the not so pleasant things in life. As we all know, life comes in seasons, there are ups, there are downs, but generally life is neither all good or all bad. But depending on what we focus on, one would take priority in our minds. So holding space for both the good, the hopeful and the not so good experiences provides a bit more balance to our day, to our outlook and to our journaling process. I said I would share with you my journaling practice. So here goes. It might seem a bit much for you. I don't know, but it's what works for me. So this is what it is. I have three main journals and a journaling Bible. I know, but hear me out. This is where it's going. I have a hardcover, coral-covered spiral notebook that says, enjoy the little things on the front. And I got this, like I mentioned, from my local dollar store. I love the coral color and the words are written in gold and the size is just right for me. So this is what I use. I use it as my spiritual lessons journal. Whenever I'm going through anything and I sense life and spiritual lessons or revelations, when I have questions or thoughts, reflections, I use this journal to figure out where I'm at, what I'm feeling, or what God is saying to me. 
and I write in this journal whatever comes up. I don't write in this journal every single day. This is as needed. There may be weeks where I write in it every day because of the issue or the learnings that I'm going through. And then there are other times where it may be once a week, once every other two weeks. It just depends on what's coming up spiritually for me and what needs deeper thought and processing. My next journal is a five-year journal and I also love this journal. Each page has the day of the week at the top and down the page there are five sections with six lines each and that's on one page. I get to write a summary of my day for the date and the year across the top line. So for example, 2023 would be the top line of the journal and it would be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, etc. The next line below would have space to write 2024 and I get to write across the lines. So when I go back five years later, say on the 21st of January, any given year, I would see what I did on the 21st of January in 2023, 21st of January 2024 would be below it, 21st of January 2025 would be below it, and so on. And I like doing this because it allows me to look back to see what I was doing on any given day, plus it shows growth, what I was thinking, what was happening in my life. And when I reread these journals, there's usually a theme and I like to see the progress in that way. Then my next journal is a gratitude journal where I write three things that I'm grateful for every day. There are spots where I get to write about people I am thankful for, things that I am hopeful for. Some people like having everything in one journal. And I admit when I first started this process, I thought, oh my goodness, three journals is a bit much. But now that I've gotten into the practice, I actually like having the separate areas. When I'm rereading my gratitude journal, I'm in the space of just giving thanks and reflecting on what has happened over my life. When I'm reading my spiritual journal, it goes in sequence, there's a theme. So I'm not jumping from one topic to another. I go to specific books to reread and to get the gist of what I was doing and I'm able to reflect on my progress in that way. Finally, I have a large print coloring and journaling Bible and I love my Bible. I've been using journaling Bibles for years, but this is the first time that I've had a coloring Bible and it's so good. There are days when I read and make notes in my margins about what I'm learning and what God is saying to me. And I like to put the date to mark what lessons I've learned on which day. So again, when I'm reflecting, it's a point of knowing what was going on in my life on a specific day or at a specific time. Then there are other days when I don't really feel like reading or when my eyes are really tired in the morning. So I put on the audio version of the Bible in the same translation while I color the corresponding pages of that book or chapter in my printed Bible. And as I color and as I listen to the words, 
I reflect on what I'm coloring, what I'm hearing, what God is saying. And I love these times as well. Then when I go back and I flip through my Bible, it just brings back such good memories about the experiences I had with God. The coloring helps me to reflect and remember what I was saying, what I was thinking, what God was doing. And it's a great reflective practice. And that's it. These are my journals and my Bible. That's my journaling process. Did I mention that I really love journaling? I'm sure you get that by now. What about you? What are your thoughts on journaling? Is it a go or is it a no? You don't have to do three journals and a journaling Bible. That's for sure. If you are just getting started, one journal is sufficient. You could choose to start off with a gratitude journal, the journal prompts, or just a plain book that you write whatever thoughts and feelings come up for you. If you want to give it a try, would you choose the printed or electronic option? If you're a seasoned journaler, then I don't even know if that's a word, but there we go. If you're journaling often, if it's a practice for you, you can probably identify with most of what I said and you are already experiencing the benefits. So keep going. And even if there was something that I said about my journaling practice that you want to add to your routine, go for it. And of course, I highly recommend giving journaling a shot. Experiment for at least three weeks before you make your final decision on whether you want to continue journaling or not. See how the practice goes for you. It can be very supportive and hopefully these tips would help you engage and practice as you continue your healing journey. Happy journaling, my sister friend. I would love to hear if you took this practice up or just how it has been going for you. Reach out to me in the Facebook group or via email and let me know how things are going. So take care, my friend, and I'll see you next week. If this podcast encouraged, inspired, or taught you something, do share it with another sister friend who needs support in her healing journey. I would also love for you to go to Apple Podcast right now and leave a review for the show. Thanks for listening. I'm cheering for your healing. Until next week, breathe and be blessed.